In your bulletin, there is a uh, sheet of our message notes, and uh, you'll notice that after the uh, question, there's a scripture, and then there's a page number. That page number refers to our pew Bible to follow along in the message by turning to those uh, at the appropriate time. You'll follow along there. You'll, you and I will be on the same page together. And that's always good when you're preaching. The congregation is on the same page you are. <laughs> and we hope this will not be exceptions to that wonderful rule. Uh, I was thinking as Evan was singing about that, the Bible is full of so many different ways of talking about heaven. And crossing over Jordan is one of the ways that we think of that. And that, uh, that song, that request, that prayer, bear me gently um, over Jordan. And uh, that's one of many that we'll be looking at today. Uh, I've couched uh, most of, of what I want to say in terms of uh, a question with the scripture providing the answer. And uh, we'll move along together in that regard. The main characteristic of heaven to me is summarized in our scripture text this morning, which Laurie read. You believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus said. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, that you may be also. So what then is the is the thing that we fill in the blank with heaven is what? Heaven is where Jesus is. You can, you can stop there. I want to preach a little longer, so I'm not stopping there. <laughs> Good. That says it all. That strikes at the heart of it. Where Jesus is is where heaven is. And we want to be where Jesus is. Now, one of the questions that sometimes is asked, what happens when we die? Do we go straight to heaven? That's uh, fills in the blank under two. Uh, do we fall asleep and stay asleep until Jesus returns, when the rapture comes, when the second coming comes, and you know, however you want to uh, preserve that? Now listen to these words from the uh, first Thessalonians, Paul's first letter to Thessalonians, fourth chapter, thirteenth verse, page two hundred four in your Bible. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you may not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus, those who have fallen asleep in Him. Now, every time I deal with this issue, I think about what, what's going on during that time those that died in Christ are asleep. And one thought that enters my mind is that while we are asleep, we are not aware or conscious of the passage of time, Marvin. When Tim was getting that 10-hour sleep last night, 
He was not conscious of, of that time passing. He went to sleep last night after putting his clock on the clock's back. That took a little while. And then he went to sleep. And then he awakened this morning at the proper time so he could get to church at Sunday school. Uh, I don't know whether there's anybody here that came into service thinking you were coming to something else, Sunday school or whatever, but you're here and we're grateful for that. It's one way of dealing with the concept of what happened while the world is still going on, while the sun is rising and setting, people are being born, etc. All of that is taking place, but this implies that the, those who die in Christ are not being conscious of that because there's something else that takes place at a later time. And that gets to uh, a, one line of our, this is in the hymnal, not in the pew Bible. Uh, we use it every Sunday but because of all that's going on. We are not having the Apostles' Creed today, but you'll recall that one line in there said to say, first of all, we believe in the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and then we say we believe in the what? The resurrection of the Bible. Now I wonder how many times people have said that Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and what, uh, what thought they might give to that. What does that imply? That implies that we are in a part of a death or a sleep that takes place prior to that time when the body is resurrected, when Jesus returns. So we believe, we say we believe in the resurrection of the body. That we'll have a spiritual body. We'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, sometimes people ask the question, will we know each other in heaven? Uh, I cite a couple of uh, examples that lead me to say, yes, we will know each other. First is that experience of the transfiguration. That's on page 18 in the New Testament part of your pew Bible, where Jesus uh, is transformed in the uh, face of, uh, of James and John and Peter. And it says, After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Now when I think about uh, how, how that might, might come off if, if you were to be a part of such an experience as that, how did they know that this was Moses and Elijah? First of all, Moses is there because he represents the law. It was through Moses that God gave to us the Ten Commandments and the law. Elijah stands for the prophets because he was a great prophet. Some would say the greatest of the, of the prophets. But they had no pictorial directory of heaven. They could pick out and say, hey, there's Moses, and over on another page, there's Elijah. They couldn't, they didn't have that. But somehow that was something that resonated in them if they knew who these people were. They recognized them. Peter said, this is wonderful. Let's, let's just hang out here a long time. We'll build uh, three little sheds. Jesus, you can have one. Moses can have one. Elijah, 
you can have one. And we, this is so good, we don't ever want to go down from the mountain. Aren't we that way? When we get on the mountain, we don't want to go back to the valley. We understand my vision. The second scripture that causes me to say yes, we'll know each other, is a parable that Jesus told about a rich man and a poor man. The poor man was named Lazarus. He offered begged at the door of the rich man. The tradition has given him a name. It's not the scripture that's given him the name of Dives. And turns out that Dives ignored Lazarus. Didn't even see him. Didn't give him anything. Didn't have him out. And they both died. Lazarus went to a place called heaven, to paradise, to Abraham's bosom, which was a way of, of explaining where the dead in Christ go, those who are faithful to God. And Dives, a rich man, he went to hell, he went to torment, he went to burning fire, and he complains, uh, how about, boy, I'm so thirsty, how about sending Lazarus to dip his finger into water and place it on my tongue that I can be spared some of my misery. And it's explained to him, no, that, that, that can't happen because people can't cross the line between heaven and hell. But the point is that Dives recognized Lazarus. He still thought of him as a serving class. You tell him to do something for me. But at least we're pointing out that those who die in Christ will recognize others. The question is asked, well, if people die in the Lord and they sleep until Jesus returns, what happens to those of us who, who are alive when Jesus comes, when the rapture takes place, when, the, when Jesus returns? Listen to the passage from 1 Corinthians. I refer to this 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians as the, the resurrection chapter because that's what Paul is talking about. That's what he's trying to explain to the Christians in Corinth. Uh, page 177 in the Bible. Listen, Paul says, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. He said, those of you that are, that are alive have the glorious experience of, of watching this second coming take place, you won't die, you won't go to sleep, but how then are you going to get your resurrection body? Said, but we all will be changed in a flash in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. We will have an existence. We, we, can't, we can't think of ourselves apart from our bodies, can we? If I were to call out a, a name, immediately a, a picture of that person would, uh, would come before your mind. We can't imagine, we can't think in terms of a concept of a person that is, that is totally disembodied altogether. So we will have an imperishable, an immortal body. When Jesus appeared to the disciples, Somebody started to touch me. He said, don't, don't touch me. I've not yet ascended to my father. He, he appeared in a room where the doors were locked. He had a spiritual body, but he was recognizable in that body that he had. 
So we believe that it will be true for us. Now, question number six. What eventually will happen to the earth? In the uh, 21st chapter of Re Revelation, page 259 in your Bible, we have this uh, picture taking place. John, the apostle, is receiving this great vision. He says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, of heaven from God, out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And likewise, Second Peter, page 238, from the third chapter of his second letter, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, the heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. And then drop down to verse 13. But in keeping with his promise, you are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. It is very difficult for us to imagine totally pure spiritual things apart from some manifestation of our experience that we can relate to living as we do in our natural bodies in our present situation. We've been looking at the topic of belonging. What does it mean to belong during these days? And we talk about belonging to the Christ, the body of Christ, the church. And belonging to the body of Christ means two things primarily. It involves privilege and it involves responsibility. If you be a part of any organization, whether it's a civic club or a school or a business or whatever it may be, those two elements are present. You have privileges of that membership. You can do things, maybe yourself with things that people who are not belonging to that organization do not have this privilege. But likewise, we also have responsibility. What keeps that entity going? What causes that uh, civic club to be uh, prosperous and to be uh, a significant contributor in the community? Because the members have feel and experience a responsibility, and so with us. Now, we think of our responsibility as the body of Christ as being expressed in two ways. One is through our faithful attendance in, work, in worship. And we have a wonderful attendance at this 8.30 service here this morning. This is a way you carry out your responsibility to be a part of the body of Christ. And the second one is that our tithes and offerings. Tim stated a few moments ago that 
Uh, next Sunday is the Sunday we commit ourselves uh, financially with our tithes and offerings for the work of the kingdom. Because we belong together, we help one another. And one of the ways we do ways we do that is we pool our resources financially so that we can carry forth, so we can have a, a beautiful sanctuary and have a wonderful facility and campus here at the, at the crossroads. We have the ministries. Uh, if you were at the charge conference last Monday night, you, you saw in that report a tremendous list of all the things that God is doing in and through this church as our expression of our faith of what it means for us to belong to the body of Christ. Now, one might say, well, John, you're jumping from these uh, things about heaven and uh, imperishable bodies and second coming and being asleep and being raised again from the dead. And now you're talking about money. How, how do you make this segue? Well, I take my cue from Paul. Immediately following the resurrection chapter, when he ends by saying, Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, grave, where is your sting? follows immediately the first verse of the 16th chapter and here's what he says now about the collection for God's people boy there was no segue he called there he just jumped right in he, he had a responsibility to collect money on his mission trips to carry back to the poor Christians Jewish Christians in Jerusalem because so many of them had lost their job and income and they weren't beneficiaries of the welfare system of the synagogue, etc. So he is to make a collection. He proceeds to explain to them how to do that. He says in the, on the first day of every week, I notice he says every week, whether you're church or not, every week, put aside some of your money according to your income, etc. So this, this is a spiritual experience and we are part of that being together forever and ever. Our challenge is to be those whom God will find to be faithful so that He will be glorified and so that the gospel will, will be reached, uh, preached to all people and they will know what it means to be a part of the saints of God. <coughs> Let us pray. Send your Holy Spirit, our Heavenly Father, that today, as we worship together, reading your scripture, as we're making our offering, as we're receiving this sacrament of Holy Communion, as we're honoring those who are now asleep in Christ, we pray for your Holy Spirit to settle upon us and cause us to know who you are and that someday we will be where you are. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <coughs>